0: In a simple statement, mental health checkups is preventative medicine. Everybody talks about how to implement prevention. This is it. This is prevention. Doing a mental health checkup at a minimum of once a year is prevention work. And so if you want to help teach people how to be aware of the continuum of mental health, what that looks like, how to recognize the signs and symptoms when you're reaching a threshold to where, hey, we need to do something a little bit differently here before things become a crisis or much more significant. To me, this is the avenue that you take. Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoy today's featured message.
1: Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm back with my co-host, Nick Koya from the Ohio BWC. Welcome back, Nick. Hey, Mike. I am excited to be here
2: today, especially about this topic, because this is so important, not only for our workers, but just for everybody personally, too. I'm excited that you got this session together.
1: So we're also here with Kelly Youngkins from Family and Community Services. Welcome back to the podcast, Kelly.
0: Thanks, Mike and Nick. It's always the pleasure to be here to get a chance to talk about mental health.
1: So, Kelly, we're doing a Mental Health Awareness Series for Mental Health Awareness Month in May, and we're talking about all kinds of things, but this topic really spring up. Before we get to that topic, which I'm really excited about, like Nick said, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for the agency and your consulting business.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for asking. So, I am a clinical program supervisor for Family and Community Services. I'm located down in Warren, Ohio, out of the children's office I provide clinical supervision to the programs and the clinicians and staff that are out of that office. And then I also have Kelly Youngkin's Consulting, where I provide tailored learning workshops for a variety of industries, including mental health, but also outside industries, for all things mental health. And I do have a select group of one-on-one coaching clients that I take every year.
1: So Kelly, in our previous podcast, where we're talking about different mental health issues from anxiety, depression, PTSD... This one thing gets brought up all the time. You made this one point, and I thought it was such a simple but brilliant idea that everybody needs to hear this. We set up today to record this just to get the word out about this one idea. You made this concept. You said, you know, most of us go to the dentist twice a year. We go to an annual checkup with our family physician, but none of us go to an annual mental health checkup. It's such a simple, I think those are the best ideas, the simple yet profound idea. And I've never heard anyone talk about this ever. And so we want to hear, we're giving you credit because you're the first place we've heard it.
0: Thank
1: you. To everyone listening that may not have heard other podcasts, what is a mental health checkup and what do you mean by
0: it? I'm so glad you asked because it was born out of, I'm going to give you a small background out of how this concept was born out of my day-to-day experience doing clinical assessments, there are times when people or adults, children, adolescents come in for formal mental health services. And every now and then there are clients that do not meet this clinical threshold of having a syndrome or a disorder. And they really look to a professional like myself to give them that feedback of understanding that mental health falls on a continuum. They don't fall into the area where it's a syndrome or a disorder and I provide them that feedback of normalizing like, no, the symptoms and the, the the stressors that you're experiencing, anybody would think, feel, or behave like this. So it was born out of that experience of giving people that feedback of you do not qualify for a mental health disorder. And so it got me to thinking about how we do go, we are even rewarded by our insurance companies to go to our primary care doctor once a year for an annual physical checkup. Our dentist promotes that twice a year, every six months, go there for some preventative dental medicine where they take a look at whether you are you have any problem areas or encourage you to keep up with your good dental hygiene. But mental health does not have that concept. And so that's where it was born from. So this is what I'm here to promote is see a mental health provider such as myself once a year where I can give you that clinical feedback and insight, direct you to formal mental health help if you need it or qualify for it, or just help you come up with a regular help strategy that you need that will help you and your well-being. This
1: is such a revolutionary idea because I know stuff that I went through before. I even wrestle with the idea of, should I go try to find a mental health? I don't even know where to begin. I don't know, do I go to a counselor? Do I go to a therapist? Am I just having a bad couple of weeks? Am I dealing with trauma? These were just questions it would have been really nice to have like a quick number you know and not have the people in white coats so to speak. And this is what's in my head why I'm saying it. Come like try to drag me out and be a fear of like they're gonna say I'm saying and lock me up somewhere but that that fear no I, I should be able to talk to someone and tell me, hey you're just having a bad couple of weeks and you're human. it's okay or maybe there's a little bit more to this we need to search deeper in and and sometimes all you need to hear is this is common. 20% of people wrestle with this, you know, these kind of things. So this is a real big deal. How do you see this revolutionize mental health industry as we see it?
0: In a simple statement, mental health checkups is preventative medicine. Everybody talks about how to implement prevention. This is it. This is prevention. Doing a mental health checkup at a minimum of once a year is prevention work. And so if you want to help teach people how to be aware of the continuum of mental health what that looks like how to recognize the signs and symptoms when you're reaching a threshold to where hey we need to do something a little bit differently here before things become a crisis or much more significant to me this is the avenue that you take
2: yeah, i just got to jump in real quick this is kind of outside the box thinking and i and i really like that because we've normalized so many other things in our lives and we talked about this before the show if i have You know, my blood pressure is high. I have no problem going to see the doctor because that's what we do. And we'll take the medicine and we're okay with that. But mental health is not the same way. And I think this is a great idea of preventative medicine, right? Maybe this stops us from getting to that next level of crisis because we're intervening much earlier. And it's a great idea if I can ask the question, how do I even do that, right? So let's say today Nick is struggling and he's, you know, "Ah, I'm just, I'm really stressed. I'm anxious about a bunch of stuff. I don't even know where to go if I really had a mental health crisis, let alone where do I go to find a mental health checkup? So, I think this is a great idea, but where do we lead them to?
0: Yeah, that's, it's a great question. And right now, I selfishly would answer call me. I've been offering free consultation for the last three years off of my website where you, my phone number is listed. I have a Calendly link where you can click to set up a time. And even though my husband teases me, he says, eventually you're going to get to the point where you can't, you're not going to have enough time to do all these free mental health consultations. I say, that's a, that is my way of giving back to the community for pro bono clinical consultation. And it's another way that I hope I have that problem so I can outsource this work to other mental health agencies who want to do good preventative medicine, mental health care for our community.
1: And think you bring up a great point because... Everything I see advertised regarding mental health is crisis, crisis, crisis. If you have feelings of suicide, call here. Or it's always at the last moment when you don't want to deal with it. And as you said, Kelly, this is 100% prevention. So I I feel like the bigger idea, more than just even the practical side of it, is shift all that. Mm -hmm. Because to me, every agency, every counselor, every therapist should be promoting this idea together is like this social innovation. This should be the next trend of social innovation is, hey, mental health is so important. Are you getting your checkup in? So to me, this could completely revolutionize. Why do you think that is though, that there's not already something like this out there or everything that we hear is just the end of the line crisis hotline?
0: You know, I believe that it's like this because human nature, if you take a look at human nature, we have a tendency, a strong tendency to ignore the, the proverbial check engine light until it's a crisis. That's human behavior. We don't respond. And I have a saying that I teach a lot of people, not only my clinicians, but also my clients, and really anybody that'll listen, is we often change when it hurts enough that we have to or we learn enough that we want to. And unfortunately, human behavior has a, 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 on a tendency to only move when it hurts enough that they have to. And so I'm really here to promote the other end of the mental health continuum. And by shaking the stigma, you know, people have mental health has wanted to end the stigma for years. And to me, mental health checkups and pushing preventative medicine is how you do it, because then you normalize it's accessing care. That's how you end the stigma. And it honestly, even when, you know, another way that this this concept was born out of my experience was I get a lot of messages, whether people are calling me or texting me or sending me messages through Facebook, and they say, hey, this is what the situation is. This is what I'm dealing with. What do I do? Where do I go? And that was also how I created this concept is there's a lot of people that just need a beacon. They need a lighthouse of where to go to so that they could say, hey, this is what's up. Is this a problem? How much of a problem is this? And then where do I go if it is?
2: You know, I think that you hit on a point there about the stigma in all of our minds. Sitcoms do this, movies do it. Everything that we're bombarded with is that mental health is this big, scary thing. And if you get involved in it, it means you have all these issues and, you know, you're you're not this normal member of society. But we know that's not true. There's so many people that deal with just anxiety or depression. And it's just it's part of the work they do. It's part of who they are. Sometimes they need that help. So. Let's break down that barrier a little bit. What does, what does a mental health checkup look like? You know, I mean, I know when I go to the dentist, what it's going to be like. I know what it's like when I go to the doctor. This is a little different. And when we don't know, it's scary and Absolutely. we're even less willing to step into it when it's scary.
0: It is. And so, you know, I'm so glad that you asked that question, Nick, because I want to talk about what that looks like. And ironically, or maybe something that might be surprising to those out there listening is I am a clinical provider that Strongly promotes the awareness and understanding of how general medical conditions impact our psychiatric presentation. So when you come into a, a mental health checkup, first of all, I'm offering these via telehealth right now. So really what that involves is making a, ske- clicking on my link for scheduling, setting up a time to use a, an online platform. We use a variety of them based on what we have accessible, DoxyMe, Duo, You know, for a while during the pandemic, you can use Zoom and or even FaceTime, but you come up there on that video and then you're going to check in with a professional like me. I'm going to teach you about what this is and I'm going to say, hey, we're going to spend about an hour together. I'm going to ask you some questions about your general medical conditions and functioning and I'm going to teach you a little bit about how that could be impacting your mental health and maybe some symptoms that you're experiencing. And then I'm going to, I'll be performing a mental status exam. And what that means is that's a, a handful of uh, checklist questionnaires where I'm taking a look at what does someone's physical appearance look like? What's their speech like? How does their cognition seem to be intact and their orientation to the to earth, to the universe? I know that sounds probably a little floaty out there, but literally what's their orientation? It's a clinical term. And then I will... Also encourage them and administer a homes and race stress scale, because that stress scale normalizes all the things that we can experience in our life that are stressful, that may be impacting our physical and emotional functioning. Something that's interesting out there that people may not know is that your stress level is comprised of two pieces. It's stress, which is the positive stress that we experience, and distress. Unfortunately, distress gets a lot of action. They get a lot of highlights. They get a lot of awareness. Everybody thinks when you're stressed, you're in distress. Well, you can also be in a state of stress, but it's driven by eustress, which is when we experience positive changes, major changes in our life, a marriage, a birth of a child, a purchasing of a new home. Something that we define as positive can also be a source of stress. So I I administer that scale. And then I just, from my clinical and professional experience, I give them some feedback on my observations. And after I give them some feedback on the observations, I then ask them if they're willing to hear some of my recommendations and I share that with them. And then I also put it in writing.
1: So let's, let's walk through this a
2: little bit then. So let's say that, you know, client comes to you and talks with you and you find that the stressors that they're dealing with in life and the feelings they have are maybe a little bit more on on the higher end than what we would call the normal spectrum, for, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term. You know, what does it look like from that? Because that becomes scary, too. I think that's fear of, hey, maybe I am having some mental health issues. So now, you know, as, as Mike kind of alluded to jokingly, the people in the white suits are going to show up at my house and my whole life's going to change. But what what does that treatment kind of look like moving forward? Let's kind of break down that barrier of how unscary it really
0: can be. Yes, Nick, great. So that is that is one of the the opportunities that I love to have because then that's where I give them my spiel of, hey, I think that you could benefit from some formal mental health therapy or treatment. Let me tell you what that's like. Let me answer your questions. And so then I walk them through from literally making that first phone call to giving the information, getting them set up with an appointment, what's going to happen at that appointment, how they can best use that appointment time. I help I help walk them through any questions that they have about how to prepare for it, how to make the most out of it, and then just encouraging them that, you know, no matter what you say is not necessarily going to mean that you're going to get shipped off to the hospital. I think a lot of people have that fear that even if they experience suicidal ideation, that they're going to somehow be pink slipped off to the hospital, and that's not always the case. There are things like safety plans and safety agreements that clinicians can come up with those people to help them maintain their health and safety in their own home, in their own community. And so that's where I talk about that.
2: So I like podcasts. Obviously, we have this podcast here and I listen to lots of them. And I got onto this new one called On Leadership. And this is just so fascinating because this this podcast that we're recording today ties into one I just listened to with uh, Dr. Uh, Daniel Amen, who talks about brain health and how All of us need to take care of our brains. And he's trying himself to normalize, you know, the, the functions we need to do. We're willing to go exercise every day to walk because it's been pushed so much. But what are we doing to protect and increase the health of our brain? And that's, it's an untalked about subject that I think is so important because not only does it affect us at home with our family and our kids, but affects us in the workplace. If I'm not functioning right and I'm not thinking clearly, I'm increasing that potential for me to be injured. I'm yeah. increasing that potential to injure my coworker. So, you know, how do we start to normalize this? How do we get more people engaged in these processes? Is the is the question that really exists out there now?
0: Well, I think the more that we can pro- promote awareness and educate people through podcasts like these, through everyday conversations, um, I I believe it really is as simple and as complicated as that.
2: So, I think you know another piece that we can talk about here from a workplace safety is when I start to see signs and symptoms. If something sounds off with somebody, you know, we have the EAPs as an option, but I think this gives us another option of a direction to send people because maybe they don't want to deal with the EAP. It's, hey, you know, have you talked to somebody? Here's another route for them to go to.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I even, you know, I often joke that, you know, I'm located in Trumbull County and there's um help network of Ohios uh in our in our community. And I always joke that I should work for them sometimes because I often You know, promote their services that they have a a crisis line and they have 24 seven access to where again, if somebody like me is not available, they can call or text that line and there are trained professionals on the other end that can help people get connected to whatever kind of help that they want. Same with 211.org. You can uh, type in that website on any mobile device, anywhere you are, and it can help you find help in the geographical location that you live. And even if you don't know what kind of help you need somebody like me or an organization like that is we are here and trained and aimed to help point people in the right direction. We are out there. And so I want to promote that message of we are out there as professionals. Call us, click the link.
2: (laughs) How, you know, are you finding though a lot of times the stressors that we're dealing with and when we call really it's on that normal spectrum. We just, it feels uncomfortable because we have so many new stressors in. just bought the house, the new baby enters or things are tough at work, right? We've all had those experiences mm-hmm. where, man, the past six months has just been draining at work. And so then the family pressures add up. So I feel like it's too much, but really that's normal life.
0: Right. We do. And I often see that. And what I try to normalize for those uh that I get to have this conversation with is there's a lot of normalcy that is happening that they're experiencing. But what they might be finding is their typical bag of tricks that they use to regulate themselves and cope and manage their, their, their distress or even their use stress. It might not be working. And so I try to normalize that too, is we all, all of us, each and every one of us are going to get to a point at some point in our lives where it's our usual bag of tricks is just not going to work. You know, for some people, a lot of times it's through the loss of a job the loss of a parent, the loss of a loved one, the birth of a child, you know, maybe a tragic event, those life stressors, which anyone, anyone would have a hard time dealing with, it may shake their ability to use the typical set of coping strategies, or stress relievers. And so I invite people to have that opportunity to just come in and talk to a professional like me a couple times, I might be able to Point you in the right direction to some other strategies or resources, then that's all somebody ever needs. And again, that's how the mental health checkup was born.
2: You know, as we talk about this and you know encourage people to make those phone calls, what are some tools or tips and tricks that I could take away from this today to say, "Hey, my normal go-to of going for a walk or you know zoning out on the computer for a half an hour just isn't cutting it." What are yeah. some other simple things that maybe I can start doing? that I see that, hey, there's productivity and maybe that encourages me to make that call.
0: Great question, Nick. I'm glad you asked that. So one of the things that may seem very simple, but I encourage people to do that they could walk away with right now is to make time and space in the near future of listing their current coping strategies. What do they do when they are stressed mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, whatever it is that they do, make sure that they're making a list. And then I would encourage them to take a look at how frequently are they feeling stressed beyond the typical limit and, and really reflect on, is this happening more than it used to? And do I feel like I'm coping okay? So making that time and space of listing their current coping strategies, their current strategies for regulating their, their mental and emotional well-being. Taking some inventory of how often do I feel like I really got to pull out the arsenal, and then reflecting on, hey, is this happening a little bit too much? Do I need a little check in? You know, I just, for instance, I I called my doctor last week because um, you know, I had a I had a self care strategy um, this primary care doctor, I had a, a self care strategy that just wasn't quite working, and I'm like, hey, you know, this uh, this sinus infection infections like kind of like not going away. And yet I I was able to list off all the strategies that I was using. And he was like, you know what, Kel, you're doing a great job. That's what you need to do. Keep it up. Like maybe do X, Y, and Z a little bit more frequently. But if X amount of time passes again, and you're still not feeling well, give me a call back. That's what I do with a mental health checkup as well, is I take a look at your health strategies. I take a look at how often you're using them. That's called the frequency. And I say, hey, maybe you need to dial up, dial this up or dial this down. And then if X, Y, or Z isn't better in X amount of time, why don't you call me back and let's set up a session? That's how it works.
2: That really normalizes that to that doctor's appointment, right? Because how many of us can relate to that sinus infection or that cold that, you know, we've been trying and trying and trying, right? We try everything <laughs> yeah. we can and, you know, we've gotten to the point that it doesn't work. So now we're willing to call and say, hey, you know, what's the next options?" And sometimes the doctor does say, hey, you're doing the right thing. It's just yeah. got to run its course. Keep keep, keep keep doing what you're doing. And yeah. it's great to hear the normalization of that.
0: And I hope um, people call me so I can tell them that, you know, I did an assessment last week where it was a young child and the the symptoms and the, the behaviors that were brought in, in the, the environmental stressor that was happening, I gave the parent the feedback of this is completely age appropriate. This is developmentally appropriate given the, extra, the environmental stressor that was going on. I said, however, if this persists for X amount of time and you start to see these behaviors, call me back. Let's get you back in. That's normalization of access to care.
2: And that's so powerful because sometimes we just need to hear it's normal, right? It's that unknown and, and finding that that unknown is okay. I think that helps helps people to move in the right direction.
0: I think that our clinical providers have been so overloaded in responding and treating pathology and being responsive. Instead of remembering that there's a next level to our clinical expertise, which is giving people the feedback and the the guidance of, hey, you're okay. That's another level to this that I don't think us as clinicians are recognizing that we have knowledge and skills and techniques in our arsenal that you guys don't. And that's why you come to us. So you there are people out there that come to us to say, they're looking to us to say, no, you're good. No, you're not good. This is how not good it is, <laughs> you know, and this is what could help. You know, they need that professional expertise from us, and I'm here to give it.
2: And I think we just have to continue to market that there's other opportunities out there. There's ways that we can heal ourselves because there's so many stigmas that, that exist. And, and while the sitcoms can be funny at times when we laugh about it, it does drive this deep-seated thought process in the back of our heads. You know, I, for, for example, myself, you know, chiropractors were horrible. You shouldn't go to them. It was a stop process. And through these podcasts, I met a few of them. I ended up going, it's been life changing. I see my doctor less because the chiropractor fixes things that really could have been fixed that way instead of going and getting a pill. And so it's breaking down those barriers that exist here and making mental health just a normal process that all of us need to go through. And so I thank you for, you know, being willing to come out in the open and say, Hey, Let's normalize it. Here's what we can do. Here's opportunities. In fact, I'm going to do it for free so that we can change this, this thought process. And that's just amazing to me.
0: Well, thank you. I, I'm, I really appreciate, you know, hearing you say that because I, I know that I get gassed up about it and excited. And I realize that it's going to take some time for others to catch on. And so thank you for having me on here to, to talk about something I'm really passionate about.
1: What I'd like, Kelly, before we get off here is you're creating space that like, uh, you know, in marketing, we have the term, landing page. You're creating a landing page or a funnel for people that need more mental health to get in there by making it softer, more approachable, and not waiting until it's a crisis and it's a big deal. So what you're doing is fantastic. And I hope more people start to recognize this is the way to move forward. There could be some middle ground, so to speak. Is there something I need to look into? Just keep it at that surface level and you get involved. Okay. Maybe there's some you know, deeper issues. Maybe, hey, I'm just having a bad season of my life. Because I lost a love of whatever it is, and that's normal. And sometimes that's all you need to hear. So, Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. This is probably my favorite podcast out of all the series because I think the message is so important. But if someone would like to reach out, I know you have some programming at Family Community Services during the day, and you also have your consulting business at night and with employers as well. So if they want to reach out to agency and they want to reach out to you personally, what are the ways they can get a hold of you?
0: Absolutely. So Family and Community Services, you can call any one of our numbers at our locations. It's listed on our website, fcsserves.org. You can also con- connect with me at kellyyunkinsconsultant.com, where there's a calendar with a link to schedule and my phone number is listed.
1: All right.
2: Well, thank you so much. I hope our viewers uh, you know, take this opportunity to try something new that could be life-changing for you. Keep pushing this message. Let us know how we can help. Because I think this is so important not only for personal health, but even as safety professionals, this is a great tool to add to our arsenal, to add to our employees, to keep them safe in the workplace. And that really is our mission. So thank you for helping us keep workers safe here in Ohio. Everyone, till next time, stay safe.